charge of an office, any sort of work facility, factory, veterinarian, hair salon. And you're going to do some sort of upgrade that involves the floor, uh, the flooring. I cannot encourage you enough to reach out to garage experts and find out what they can do to you. Like, well, I don't want a garage door floor. That, that's not what you're going to be getting. And I'm telling you, the the benefits of having garage experts do an epoxy flooring, one, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different color schemes that are available. The process of preparing the floor is unmatched. And then the process of putting down the epoxy with experts that do this. This is what they do every day. They're not part of a business that has this as one of the many different things that they do. So at any given time, you have a crew with some people that have never done this before. They're learning on the job. Even those who have done it before, you know, maybe once every two months, they actually do the epoxy flooring because the rest of the time they're doing other jobs. This is what they do. So keep them in mind. You're thinking, well, should we tile? Uh, We lay down this, that, hire someone to do this. Just reach out to garage experts. And if you find it's not for you, if it's not what you're looking for, well, then at least you'll know. You'll have a a better formed decision. Garage experts under Nick's endorsements at KSGF.com. I I think it, it, it is a beneficial endeavor to make a list if one's trying to really gauge what it is that we consider to be extremist in the country today. MAGA extremist is a term that has been coined by the Democrats when Mike Johnson was elected to be Speaker of the House, the Democrats trotted out the MAGA extremist. He's an extremist. He's, oh, especially as a Christian. We have heard Republican extremists, or the extreme element of the Republican Party, referenced quite often. And when you look at what it is that they reference as a concert or as a, a an extremist within the Republican Party, it is. It, it is an individual that commits a number of different offenses. One being if you if you are a Republican and you do not feel that an eight-year-old should get irreversible surgery done for a sex change operation, then you are labeled an extremist. That is that is in the minds of the media and the Democrat Party. That makes you extreme. We're not, they aren't simply saying, well, we have a difference of opinion on this. You are extreme. If you do not believe that 12, or, you know, that, that uh, second graders should have their male teachers talk to them about their sex lives, that means you're an extremist. If you don't think pornography should be in elementary school libraries, then you are an extremist. If you don't think that 12 year old girls should be forced, to shower with boys who claim that they're girls or have to compete and lose scholarships against boys who say that they're girls, then in their description, you are an extremist. I mean, I think that's, I think even Democrats would say, yes, that's, you know, at least that's the way that people who feel that way about kids are described who are Republicans. Now, there may be some Democrats who don't agree with that assessment, but I think 
even Democrats would agree, yes, whenever we hear Republicans when it comes to transgender stuff in elementary schools and so forth called extremists, that's the reason they're called extremists. Why is it that uh, Ilan Omar is not referred to as an extremist? Why is it that none of the sob squad who have come out in support of Hamas are called extremists? Why is it that these professors that are Democrat activists or Democrat activists themselves, when they come out and they describe the terrorist attack as exhilarating or amazing, as some of these left-wing professors have done, why are they not noted as extremists within the Democrat Party? Now, if they become too problematic for marketing purposes, sometimes they will get fired or they'll get suspended. But there's no characterization of the Democrat Party has some real problem because they have within their party some extremists. And just look at the difference. Now, of course, they don't even see that as extreme. Let's just just mull over that for a moment. Having sympathy for Hamas in the minds of the left is not extreme. But protecting eight-year-old kids from being coaxed into irreversible surgeries, that to them is extreme. Figure that out. The fact that they label as extreme Republicans for the positions they take versus not labeling extreme these pro-Hamas members of Congress and activists that, you know, that they don't label. They're like, well, we disagree with them. We think they're wrong. But they certainly do not see that as an extremism problem within their party. I think that says a lot, doesn't it? Weather in a moment. First, the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. Two inmates died in one week at the South Central Correctional Center in Licking. And the Texas County Coroner confirms with Color 10 investigates both men's drug tests were positive for fentanyl. The prison reporting this past Thursday, Benjamin Powell was pronounced dead. The 33-year-old had served three years of an 18-year sentence for a DWI that resulted in injury or death. Then on Saturday, Chris Guest was pronounced dead. He was serving a 30-year sentence for statutory rape. There have now been a total of nine deaths at the prison this year, and three are confirmed overdose deaths. A man in a coma after authorities say he was found badly beaten in Christian County, but the assault happened in Douglas County and a second victim was found. Deputies say they went to a home in the Good Hope area and found evidence of the assault as well as multiple pieces of stolen property. Two people were arrested. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. From Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, widespread frost today, high of 40 with sunshine. Frost tonight, clear 19. Frost tomorrow, 47, and sunshine on Thursday with a high of 57. (laughs) Oftentimes with the... New Year, we get into, I can't believe we're talking about that already, but Christmas, the holidays are coming up, or I know we're a ways away, tax refunds, that's the time people start thinking about purchasing that needed uh, vehicle that's pre-owned, uh, pre 
pre-inspection. Uh, uh, you've, you've got to get this done, A1 Custom Car Care, pre-purchase inspection. Now, this is not after you buy it, the inspection that is needed in order to get it licensed. This is to find out what you are buying. This is well beyond Carfax stuff, um, the things that Carfax doesn't know or doesn't see, the things that perhaps the person or the dealership that they are, uh, you know, the people selling it, they may not even know about some of these issues that are coming about. It's really great also, I would say, just in terms of relationships. If you're purchasing a vehicle from somebody you know, and they really are a, a good person. Look at it this way. If you sold a vehicle to somebody you knew and then three months later it broke down and you found out it was something like major, $1,200 fix, wouldn't you feel – well, some of you may not feel bad. Some of you would be like, oh, got rid of that in time. But some of you might feel bad about it. And that pre-approval inspection, it, it gives that that – Comfort and the confidence of knowing, oh, this is good to go according to the experts, or uh, I'd watch out. I've turned vehicles down that I was going to purchase because of that. Save me a lot of heartache. A1 Custom Car Care, make sure that you make that part of your plan when you're purchasing a pre-owned vehicle. Uh, Newsleader has a story about a new pack forming to support candidates for school board and city council called United Springfield. And this is, we're, according to the article, it's a bipartisan group of individuals, and it's it's the sort of organization that comes up every so often, and it is always the answer to divisiveness. Like we're going to be different. Now, listen, I I'm not. out of the gate here i i don't know maybe this one will be different and i'm sure that some of the people involved are are very good people that are well intended generally speaking these organizations pop up because they're they're part of the decision makers the elites if you will the um they're very involved. They're very involved in community affairs. They're part of the networking scene. And they just get frustrated because they see that the people who are involved in things like school board and city council that and politics, like well, they're just always fighting and nasty things come out in the media and the news. And there's this belief that, well, we can somehow do what – no one has ever done before and get everyone to just get along when it comes to issues at hand. Get rid of the divisiveness. Now, the problem with that is human beings. And human beings don't always agree. Now, you can agree to disagree, and do it in a manner that is a little more um, agreeable, right? So there's a nastiness level to disagreeing that doesn't always have to be there. At the same time, and this is where the, the problem oftentimes ultimately comes in. Let's look at the schools, for example. And this is one of the areas where 
they are are talking about, well, we just all need, we're going to bring people together and, and we're going to support and endorse people. At, and it's it's about unity and, and getting rid of the divisiveness and so forth. And so while I note that people are different, they have different perspectives, the coming together factor is generally based upon the premises. Well, yes, but ultimately we all want one thing and that's what's best for the kids. You may... See, I don't know. I suspect that some don't really, truly, genuinely want what's best for the kids. They want what they think is best for the kids, and that is indoctrination into left-wing politics and activism. This is what this is really the main source of the problem that we have in our public schools today, Springfield being one of them. It's because you don't have this universal desire for kids who go through the school system to come out as absolutely educated as possible in the context of uh, competing against all the other kids from all the other schools, from all the other cities, from all the other states, from all the other countries in the world. And as the world has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller, it no longer is simply about is my are, are our kids who graduate from our school ready to compete against kids in the neighboring town. It's kids from China, kids from Saudi Arabia, kids from South Korea, kids from Germany. If everyone involved, if all school board members and all administrators if that was the number one goal, then while there would be disagreements on how to get there, everyone would have the same goal of getting there. But it is very, very clear that, and I'll use Springfield as an example again, some that is their number one goal and priority, and for others it's activism. It is political and social activism. Well, when you have two completely different goals, then you're going to have problems. You are going to have divisiveness because you're, you're, you're trying to do two completely different things. The real, the real problem here is the division over what the schools should be used for. Should they be used as these camps to indoctrinate young people into left-wing causes? Or a place where when you get out, you have a, a, a grasp of an education that put me right up against a kid from any of these other countries, and I'll beat them seven days out of a week when it comes to intellect on math, on history, on on science, on all of these things. Which, what, which of those two? It's, it's interesting because as I read through this article, United Springfield, a new PAC forms to support candidates for school board city council, you know, backing candidates who make a positive difference, focus on uniting our community. There really isn't anything in here about what I just said in terms of how about this? 
we just provide the absolute best actual education for the students, not for a cause, not for a community. But when those kids graduate, they are ahead of everyone else. And not just in this community, not just in this state, not just in this country, but in the world. I Call me overly simplistic. But anytime we have these organizations form that just want sort of this kumbaya, we want everyone to come together. Why can't the commute? We just need to get rid of the divisiveness. That's our goal. How about the goal be the best education possible for kids? And by that, I mean actual meaningful results. What I don't mean is, well, sure, they can't compete in the workplace ultimately against kids from uh, South Korea. But by gosh, they can tell you about LGBTQ history. They can tell you all the genders and what gender fluidity is. That's not helping them. That may be helping a political cause. That might be helping the progressive efforts to have, you know, this one group think where everyone believes the same thing. Until there is a universal effort and understanding that uh, as to what the the results should be, because I can all but guarantee you that some of these left wingers, particularly those in the city council, who are all about indoctrinating kids into left-wing causes and social causes, political causes, in their minds, well, that's educating the children. It's educating them in the truth. It's educating them not to hate. Which, ironically, it tends to do the opposite, pitting them against one another based on race and income levels. But that's another discussion. You know, you have all of these people that, you know, they list all of these individuals and some of them, again, may be well-meaning and intended, but it's like, what, why is this so hard? Now, I do know that it is difficult because we have seen what happens to the few whose number one priority is actually having meaningful results for the kids. And I think of those, there are a few on the school board, but Dr. M clearly is one of the more vocal and just adamant about it. Totally, completely adamant, unapologetic that the kids' education, that is number one priority. Uh, uh, last year or the year before, a discussion with one of the other the left-wing school board members and, and in which it was Dr. M was new to the school and she was you know uh, talking about trying to figure out the decline in test results and one of the elite members just almost as a throwaway like well we know the test scores have been declining all this time as if that's irrelevant that person should immediately no longer be on the city council not reelected when you have some and this is and maybe this is what this this uniting Springfield or what's the name of the uh, United Springfield they're going to do. Maybe they're going to come in and say uh, education is number one. And what we're not going to have is when somebody like Dr. M has that as her focused top priority, we're we're not going to stand by while other people demonize her, while other people coordinate with media outlets to trash on her. 
Because what is unfortunate and sad is that what we see in the Springfield School District, anyhow, whether they are teachers or they are school board members who really have that genuinely as their number one priority, the results for the kids, those are the ones who get demonized. Those are the ones who get crucified. Those are the ones who are lied about. And maybe United Springfield, they will try and unite everyone behind the goal of actually making sure the kids get a good education. And when others who do that very thing, like a Dr. M and the school board, come under attack for it, they will come to her defense. Time will tell whether that's the case. Or is this just going to be another let's all feel good organization that anytime somebody does stand up like a Dr. M and point out, hey, this actually isn't beneficial to the kids, are they going to see that as, quote, disruptive and divisive? And we all need to instead put our heads in the sand and watch the continued decline of results for our kids while we all get along and give each other awards for being nice. I suppose ultimately we'll find out what the real priority of, of any organization, including this one, is. Is it the kids? Or is it pat ourselves on the back because, look, we got everyone to get along. We're going to get a traffic update. The American Transmissions talk and text line 447-KSGF get to uh, some of those text messages coming up specifically regarding the the schools and this complete lack of focus as to what the purpose is and and I'm referencing this because of the new uh, uh, uniting Springfield this new pack forming to support candidates for school board and city council and and I'll just be straight up. My fear is that it's just going to be more of establishment. And I, and I hope that I'm proving wrong that this is a, what, what has happened is the establishment. I believe they have recognized that some of the traditional, quote, nonpartisan routes that they have gone for endorsements like Chamber of Commerce. They have been exposed enough that that it is no longer not only effective, but it's counterproductive. That some within the establishment that has been accustomed to being labeled and accepted as completely nonpartisan make their endorsements, and that has a lot of power. And I think that they so they're kind of starting a new one. It's like a business owner that does a horrible job at, at running the business and everything, and so they close down and then they reopen in another name. It's a, it's the the same thing, the same people, the same management, and everything, but. They, they open in a new name in order, you know, to throw people off the scent that uh, it's the same business, the same people. And what oftentimes happens and, and what I fear is going on here is that you have people part of that elite crew, that culture in Springfield that have just recognized that they're the names of like Chamber of Commerce and some of these others have been tainted by their overt political activism and so they just have to come up with a new group, give it a new name, and once again tell, oh, this is all about coming together and uniting and bipartisanship and, and you know, we're above all of this other stuff. And, it, you know, again, could be. That could be genuinely <clears throat> what we're going to get. But I suspect it's just going to be more of the same with a different name.
Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvement. From Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Widespread frost before 7, so I guess we should be past that. Sunshine 40 for a high today. Clear tonight 19. Widespread frost tomorrow, then sunny 47, 57 with sun on Thursday. Sarah Myers. Thank you. We'll talk in fall maintenance. And one of those things that you might have on your list is to clean the those gutters. But one thing that you might want to add is to do a fall roof inspection. Now, fall roof inspection, it's great to do. Uh, make sure that you have that peace of mind as we move into the colder weather, uh, especially since we have had quite a few severe weather uh, events that have happened throughout the, the summer and even the early parts of fall. Lots of hail, lots of rain, lots of wind. Uh, that's why Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company, they do these fall free roof inspections. Now, Josh and his team, whenever you you call them they'll come out uh, they'll do that roof inspection for you they'll get on your roof uh, make sure that you don't have any wind or hail damage and if you do they will work through the process with you maybe you're in a situation where you don't need a whole new roof maybe you need just a simple roof repair uh, either way the pyramid roofing company they have got you covered and then like i said you can have a little bit of a, a peace of mind as we start to move into that colder weather now you can find all of the contact information for josh and the pyramid roofing company under the Sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com. Couple of your text messages on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line regarding schools in general, but specifically Springfield Public Schools. Talking about results, actual meaningful results that benefit the kids, not a social cause. That benefit the kids and their ability to or their increased ability to go out and have a successful career to be able to take care of themselves and their future families in the world to do that instead of training young people to be part of left-wing causes one noting it would be encouraging if they could balance their checkbook when they get out of school it is amazing the Of course, actually writing checks today, but I understand the point here. Budgeting. Budgeting. It is remarkable. There is an entire industry that is based off of educating adults some very basic fundamental rules that help them get out of debt. I mean, most of you know the name Dave Ramsey. This is what his entire career is built upon. He's not the only one. There are courses that are provided. What, a, what, what uh, an indictment on our education system that there is an entire industry That is built upon the fact that adults, to such a large degree it can support an entire industry, don't even know the very basics of, quote, balancing a checkbook. Now, by balancing a checkbook, I'm talking about all of your finances. Now, those are real-life things. 
these are things we, we hear. Just let's just look at that for a moment in terms of these are things that might be good for kids when they get out of school, graduate, have some sort of grasp on. Anytime there is talk about, for example, some sort of government shutdown, partial, the stories begin about what are these people going to do without their paycheck? And the approach is one in which we are all to infer that if you have a job and if you do not receive a paycheck, there is absolutely no other outcome in that moment other than you have absolutely no money to buy groceries, when that's not true. There's something called savings. There's a meme that goes around and it shows a, I'm sure you've seen a variation of this. It's, you know, a a college student that, um, Uh, is struggling with paying their own student loans back. And then it shows the picture of the student, and in the hand is an $8 coffee. In the other hand is a $1,500 phone uh, wearing $220 jeans and, and, you know, just demonstrating that it isn't for so many people in this country, in that case focusing on a college student, about the amount of revenue you have coming in. It is about how it is that it goes out and keeping track of these things. This this idea that so many people have that your, quote, wealth is dependent on how much money is in your paycheck every week. You can have two individuals that, that make the exact same salary. One lives paycheck to paycheck, dirt poor, while the other one is not only living comfortably, but is on their way to a very comfortable retirement. And what's sad about it, it's not some secret. It isn't some, you know, weird trick that some people, uh, you know, have uh, a privileged access to that others, you know what it is? It's education. And all the things you think about that are taught in schools, and yet, you, yet there's an entire industry out there that, that exists because we don't even teach kids that stuff. I mean, that's, your, that's day-to-day life. Is there anything more? We hear all the time about people are two paychecks away from bankruptcy or uh, people are $500, a, you know, a medical emergency, $500 away from bankruptcy, all that stuff. And that isn't an indictment on the economy at the time. That is an indictment. That is a, a reflection of a, an education system that is totally and completely failing at the very basics in life. The very basics. And when you recognize something as simple as that, something that virtually every human being in in this country has to deal with, right? And that is revenue coming in and deciding how to spend it, how to take care of yourself. Yet the amount of people that have absolutely no, and and schooling really, public schools anyhow, they don't provide any direction on that whatsoever. 
And incidentally, that's not necessarily something that has just occurred over the last several years. I graduated from high school and we never had, that was in the 90s. I graduated in 1995. We never had any lessons on that stuff. I remember in eighth grade, we learned about the concept of investing and uh, what was our, our, it was a history or social studies class, oddly enough, like what a weird place. It wasn't an economics course or anything, but, and, and we learned uh, everyone quote bought stock and we would look in the newspaper every day to see how it went and so forth. But, but you know, the, the actual bills and taxes and, and how to budget and, and not living beyond your means and putting money away so that if your paycheck did you know automatically stop you weren't in dire straits you weren't having to go create a gofundme page desperate for other people to take care of you because you were taught how to do that yourself now it didn't mean doesn't mean that everyone would utilize that education they were given but at least we would be serving young people well by giving them those very basic fundamentals in life. And yet instead, some of the crap that we spend time on in schools. Uh, the, the focus. And what is. Uh, somewhat interesting, I guess, is, is generally those who are on the left who claim that, oh, it's all about the kids and a better life or so far, are the ones that are furthest from actually teaching things that are going to help them out in the world, but instead just trains them to believe they're victims and you have to have government to help you. And I mean, we, we all understand what that's about. All right, just to give you a sense of what well, we got to take a break and uh, I'll share some more thoughts um, in any of your uh, other text messages on this coming in. Springfield's Talk 1041, the American Transmissions Talk, a text line 447 KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. Streaming live, KSGF.com. We do have happy hour coming up Retro Metro this Friday, 4 to 6. And it's your last chance to register to win a pair of tickets to the private showing at Alamo Draft House. We'll be hosting of the Burbs the following day. So if you want to, or if you did register, you missed out, didn't win, you have uh, one final chance to do that at Retro Metro with us, uh, 4 to 6. One of the text messages coming in saying, I realize these days most parents do these things, but I believe these things should be taught at home. And I'm not sure if the, the reference there is about is talking about the fundamental basics of, of budgeting. Of Somebody had referenced, you know, it would be nice if kids could balance a checkbook. And just the larger context of budgeting and money and, you know, the ideally, yes – Frankly, I think a lot of even, you know, a lot of, quote, parents did not get that in school. Obviously, there's a problem with it in this country. There is a clear problem with knowing the basic fundamentals of just the concept. Don't spend more than you have and whatever it is you have. And by the way, you don't have to. Some of this is entitlement mindset. Well, I shouldn't have to not get to go out with my friends. I, I shouldn't have to eat at home all the time. You know, I, I, I shouldn't have to get a cheap phone when the new iPhone 15 is out. There's this entitlement attitude that, that people should just be able to get whatever they want when they want. And then they live paycheck to paycheck because of it. And then it's someone else's fault. Well, I'm not getting paid enough at my minimum wage job. I should be paid more. 
the reason that I'm living paycheck to paycheck is because I'm not being paid what I'm worth. You know, just the the whole concept of it. And it it is a, a it is a very widespread problem. Unfortunately, you know what fixes that problem is when the economy tanks so badly that it takes a generation or two to get back to where things. Uh, I mean, look at the how so many of our grandparents managed to budget wisely because they went through the Great Depression. A lot of young people have no idea why it was that their grandparents or great-grandparents canned things all the time. Yeah, my, my grandma, my great-grandma, she always canned things. They never understood that. Well, uh, that's because they went through the Great Depression, where you didn't know when the next time you were going to have food. Uh, or you recognized that there could come a time when you didn't have the money, you didn't have the food, so you had to be prepared for it. So you combine a lack of education on how to properly budget, how to properly understand the concept of money, what you need versus what you want, with the fact that people today have never really truly had hard times and this mindset that if there is some sort of fiscal or financial problem, oh, the government will come in and give you money. It leaves us completely on a on an individual level. The mo- unless you proactively try otherwise, it trains people to be woefully and dangerously economically naive and dependent on somebody else to take care of you. Now there is a got to do a traffic update here. Another story regarding the Springfield Public Schools that is an indicator of at least recognizing the right direction when it comes to cell phones. That next, I'm Nick Reed. There's a Newsleader article, Springfield Public School Cracks Down on Student Cell Phone Use in Classroom, noting that principals and teachers in Springfield Public Schools have been cracking down on cell phone use this year, especially in the classroom. The Springfield Public School officials say the rules haven't changed, just the level of enforcement Superintendent Lathan said rules are spelled out in student handbooks, which were printed and distributed to each family this fall. According to the handbook, students are allowed to have certain electronic devices, including cell phones at school, but their use is prohibited, quote, unless authorized. So in other words, it sounds like the policy is, well, if the teacher lets you. She said, indicating success will be based on vigilance. The rule is they are not to be utilized and using them. Um, will be based on vigilance. We need people enforcing that. Uh, the the same article notes that when it comes to elementary schools, which is, just seems crazy to me, elementary school kids with cell phones, but I, I know I understand that. I, I'm not saying it's crazy to me because it doesn't make sense. It's just you know, some of us weren't allowed to chew gum in elementary school. <laughs> that was like a privilege you got in junior high or high school. And the idea of cell phones, I, it's just, it's it's, you know, it's just, such a a shift uh, from what many of us grew up with. But they noted that in elementary school, students are required to store cell phones in backpacks, and they're only allowed to use them before and after school unless directed by staff. And it sounds like middle school has somewhat similar um, restrictions. But with the high school, as it sounds, is that it's basically, well, you're not allowed to use them unless you are allowed to use them. You know, I I believe oftentimes the teacher can be as much of the problem as the kids because it's just easier sometimes to let it happen. 
instead of fighting it, instead of having to hassle with it, just to say, fine, go ahead if you want, and, and just not to even try to fight it, because all it does is create conflict. Now, while I, I, it does seem like definitely head in the right direction here, because there is a an acknowledgement that cell phones are a distraction. And I will say that that's not the there are a, a a a whole lot of problems. I mean, there, there are some very serious problems that are resulting in diminished education for our kids. The cell phone issue is not like the problem, but it certainly is something that is not necessary and adds to the distraction. And I, I, to, I'm telling you, the answer is you just don't let them in the classroom. And I know I get a lot of parents like, well, but if I need to get a hold of them, you're going to have to get over it. What's more important here, fixing the education system or the convenience of being able to text your kid at any given moment? Probably half the time they're ignoring it anyway. News in 60 seconds.